0: hello and welcome back to the mo video games podcast the house of juice the rada rada schnitzel attack 3000 we are still in the third or finals just knocking out our favorite games of all time and i am continuing to regret every decision that i make Um, Yet again, we are talking about Forza Horizon 4, because apparently that's the only game that we talk about on this podcast, and the other three games aren't even important. Let's be honest, so I hope you enjoy. Hello. How's it going, Maxwell? Long time no discussion. I agree. It's a travesty, really. I know. It almost feels like... (laughs) it would have been better if we talked for 30 minutes before we started recording you know i think that would have really helped out the flow of the conversation get the juices flowing ice breakers because we don't know each other very
1: well so (laughs) you know it's always awkward for the first little bit but we'll we'll do it live how bad of an icebreaker would
0: it be to get like a 50 pound block of ice and a sledgehammer and that's that's the icebreakers
1: they have to break the ice literally i think that's the ultimate icebreaker because it, it asks a lot of questions how did we get the fifty pound block of ice <laughs> Where's the sledgehammer from? Why are we destroying this block of ice? Why is there blood on the sledgehammer? <laughs> who hurt you? <laughs>
0: um, yeah, how have things been? I guess I should apologize first and foremost for uh causing the late upload yet again if 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 the if the Canadians listening haven't figured out if someone does the intro outro 2x in a row normally means someone fucked up it's pretty rare (laughs) that it's been planned that will you know there's been i think one time where we planned it out right where it was like one of us asked each other to pick up one week and we would do the next two but i'd say like 90 plus percent of the time it's uh something happened and you could say i was busy on a work trip and uh I only had one night from recording to leaving for that trip, and I spent that entire night preparing for the trip. <laughs> hey, you
1: know it's—we're both like <laughs> schedules are crazy um, right now. So it, we we will try our absolute darn bestest to be regular. Um, yeah, but. Uh, no no promises promises. yeah that's uh we will get it uploaded as quickly as we can hopefully wednesday at noon like we've been doing um est est but just make sure that the youtube will always go up noon on wednesday because as soon as we're done recording you just click schedule and it's done um so you can always go back to that but if you're watching us right now you why would you watch it again i don't know that's a good point yeah um but when you're listening to the podcast later just keep in mind follow us on instagram if you want to know when the podcast goes up or just make sure to follow us on spotify apple Podcasts, all those kind of good podcast services that way you won't miss a single upload yeehaw yeah i'm starting to sound like a professional now that's true baby that's what
0: we like um yeah so either way i extend my apology but maxwell's given you all the solutions to fix your problem so honestly at this point there's no excuse
1: <laughs> yeah, i take no blame it just keeps you on your toes you never know when you're going to get more video games so it's just a surprise it's exciting we make your day every time we know it it's like a random cookie you find in your pocket even though that sounds disgusting you find random so maybe- <laughs> cookies in your pocket what
0: you don't what, are what you kind of life you lead so, one. I mean, how upset would you be if you found a perfectly intact cookie that isn't, like, melted in your pocket? Because if it was stale. melted, my day would be ruined, so, yeah. I will say that, um, I mean, you flew recently. I don't know what it was like for you. I've been flying recently as well, and it is, like, it's it's insane. It's it's crazy busy Um, when I've Fall. been on. I've, yeah, it's seemingly worse than what it was pre-pandemic i think the cabin fever is uh you know kind of initiated people to actually travel more than they would you know so now there's this like immediate rush out of the gate um for everyone to get on planes but i was flying out of atlanta on friday and it took me i think 45 minutes to get through tsa i don't think it's ever taken me i don't remember last time it's taken me that long to get through tsa yeah it was like they have you know a really long stretch of to like allow for some buffer and then it was like that times like four i mean the line was like wrapping around going into like where baggage is being
1: picked up and stuff like that it it was it was crazily busy to be fair atlanta is probably the worst airport in the country so i disagree only because
0: LaGuardia exists, or LaGuardia, however oh. you want to say it, and <laughs> i that's the only place I missed a flight, because you can't walk between terminal to terminal. I know they've been doing crazy like reworks on it, so maybe on this new patch, <laughs> if you just want to keep it in <laughs> gaming terms, <laughs> the buffs will be good enough that it will be able to go, but uh, I had to take a bus between terminals, and it took the bus like an hour and a half to get from terminal to terminal, because it was New York City on, like, Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving after, oh, yeah, you know? Yeah. So I was like, maybe it would be better on other days, but also New York City's not known for great traffic either, so I don't know how much better it really would be.
1: <laughs> I mean, th- but, that's fair. It, th- let us know in the comments which airport you like the least and what's your favorite airport. Um, completely not gaming-related whatsoever, but I'm actually kind of curious to see what people have to say about that.
0: Yeah, uh, Atlanta was – I was surprised for – I mean, D.C., right, you have essentially two direct airports servicing it for a 5.5 million metro. Um, And Atlanta, I think, is the 6 million metro. You only have one airport servicing it. I'm not counting Baltimore and the D.C. just because I normally don't take the time to drive up to it. You could definitely argue that it's part of it. But, like, driving to Baltimore can be a three-hour escapade if you go at the wrong time and not (laughs) the one hour that it's supposed to be. So, um, so yeah, they they said on the, the, like, intercom system, they were like, essentially the highest throughput but the most efficient and i'm like well that's because you only have one fucking gate for people to go through and there's only like i think there's only four scanners or two three scanners or something it was they just do not have the airport's not set up to put 5.5 million people worth of flyers through in my opinion it definitely i will agree it was a lower on the tier airport for sure it's not it's not rocking the good stuff
1: <laughs> yeah i I don't know much about laGuardia. I've just heard nothing but terrible and horrible horrible stories of people like doing everything they can to avoid atlanta um and i I think maybe outside of the the separated terminals in laGuardia, maybe maybe it's the rest of it was fine bad. in my opinion, but I, also with I don't all this, know.
0: with all the separate terminals there's also You know, when they have it set up like that, there's a lot more TSA checkpoints for you to go through. So then, Mm -hmm. like, TSA becomes less of a bottleneck, which is, like, always, I feel like, for me, that's my fear when I go flying. You know, is like, will I be able to get through TSA fast enough? And after having a 45-minute TSA, and I was surprised. I was expecting to miss my flight. I was expecting it to take more like an hour and 15 to an hour and 30 um, to get through with how long
1: that line was. So. So yeah, it was yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: I depending on how frequently you fly, um, I can highly recommend TSA pre-check. Um, I'm gonna go for it. Yeah, it's like sure. eighty five dollars, eighty or eighty five dollars, and it lasts five years. Um, the last I heard was a hundred, but I don't know if they changed the price
0: or not. I don't know when you applied for it either
1: it's it's possible they change the price i know global entry is like just over a hundred dollars it's like a $100, 510 maybe and that's that, global entry so global entry gets you tsa pre-check and when you fly internationally you're expedited through customs um oh, so yeah that i'm not going if yeah. i am going international i'm expecting the time to be lost <laughs> yeah so it, it's one of those things it is it's much more of a value because you get TSA pre-check and then spend a little bit more for the global entry. So if you think you'll fly internationally, I'd recommend doing that. But yeah, I've had TSA pre-check for a few years now, and it is a freaking game changer. Like, I it's I don't so think cheaper. about security anymore
0: yeah if you like you know what do you want to call it amortize the cost i forgot what the good term is but something like that if you if you spread it out over five years it's like insanely cheap for the amount of headache that you will save i mean just the sheer tylenol cost alone will probably match if not exceed
1: yeah you don't have to do the full body scan you don't have to take your shoes off you don't have to empty your backpack you can keep all your laptops and your zip blocks and all that kind of stuff in there and you just walk through a metal detector and you're G to G, and because less people have it, I mean, it just it's streamlined. It goes so quick. So,
0: yeah, it's definitely something I've been meaning to do because I feel like I'm going to be flying a lot more coming up here. So, especially because tra- traveling's good for the soul. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um. So I guess gaming, because this is more video games i'm all airplanes. That was tech news, baby. That's true. Uh, speaking of <laughs> tech news um so uh, we'll start off on a positive note uh the gpu shortage is showing a light at the end of the tunnel (laughs) it's it i mean it's getting there so there's uh, supposedly been some huge crackdowns and restrictions on cryptocurrency mining especially in china and so it's no longer as viable as it was. So people are offloading their GPUs like crazy, which is one flooding the market with a lot of GPUs, which is dangerous. So if you're buying second hand right now, make sure you know where that's coming from. And if you can, from the buyer, go like verify with them, plug it into a system, look at it know who the the person selling it is um like if if you can go through like a craigslist or i I don't know something like that um because you are going right now the market is flooded with cheap but probably toasted um gpus that have been heat soaked for like running constantly 24 hours a day Um, and it's not like if it was just a single gpu like probably not the end of the world they can throttle themselves but you're talking they're in a room with like hundreds of other gpus and so it is just constant heat constant on the threshold um so there's not going to be a lot of life in them so be very careful psa there but because of that there's less people that are trying to buy new cards um i've seen a lot of posts lately of people walking into micro centers and the shelves are actually stocked with gpus with no lines outside so in addition to actual like msrp like is a 3080 actually 800 and yeah
0: i was like okay no um because I mean, you take the w's where you get them
1: yeah the the manufacturers you're not playing paying the scalper price but you're paying whoever is putting the markup whether it's because of tariffs which uh, who knows how much of that it is, um, or just them changing their own pricing modeling to reflect demand. Um, but yeah, it's still you're still paying a markup, so you're going to be paying probably several hundred dollars over MSRP if you're getting like a Founder's Edition card. But they're available, and which is big, much cheaper than they were. So will they get back to MSRP or closer to MSRP? Who knows. But it's trending in the right direction, so that's a big positive. Yay. Do you remember when
0: we bought the... Was it a 3080 that we bought for $80 on eBay? It was a 1080 Ti,
1: but that was... Yeah, <laughs> that was uh, a Oliver and <laughs> we, we saw this like, oh, they were selling a 1080 Ti. Um, it had to be a scam post. I yeah. mean, there was no way it wasn't a scam post. But for $80, we were kind of like... I mean, eBay has a money back guarantee. So it was kind of a no risk scenario of like, let's just see what they're going to ship us um and unfortunately ebay caught on to it too soon and uh, we never got to see what they shipped us because we just got our money back immediately i think even before the auction or sale was done yeah Um, it was but i love those
0: i wanted to do like you know when uh doweed does tech stuff does like the he just buys a random gpu on wish and then sees what the gpu actually is those videos crack me up i'm not gonna lie i just love how it's like Comes in the shittiest... It's not even, like, electrostatic packaging. There's no packaging holding the GPU in the box, you know? It's like, they essentially took, like, a fucking sandwich baggie and threw a fucking, you know, 80-year-old GPU in there.
1: Yeah, and... Yeah. I I, I would have been shocked if that person actually sent a GPU and didn't just send, like, a picture of one or, like, a rock or something like that.
0: I think we would have gotten a GPU. I just think we would have gotten one of those, like, you know, the... Doesn't even need external power. Like the PCIe bus is enough for power. Those type of <laughs> yeah. GPUs, you know. It's like eh, it's like it's a GPU, but it's eh, not really. Or
1: maybe they would have sent us a 1080 Ti that was used for cryptocurrency mining and would have been absolute garbage.
0: Yeah, I was so reading an article about someone was raving about the 3070 Ti, and so I, I think was we like, read
1: the same article.
0: Yep, and I mean, I think. I think I gotta give I gotta give an apology to the thirty seventy T I as a whole for me shitting on it. Because if it does allow people to get GPUs, even if financially it's not quote unquote a sensible deal, you know, but if it improves availability and allows people to get this gen GPU, the utilitarian of me can be okay with this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now I the one that I think you were shitting on was the thirty eighty TI. Um so uh, the the oh, logic wait, maybe, still maybe stands. Maybe the article was a thirty eighty t. No, no, it was definitely a thirty seventy ti. Yeah, the the article was thirty seventy ti. But what we were talking about before was the thirty eighty ti. Oh
0: well, then fuck the thirty eighty
1: ti. <laughs> Let's get it, baby.
0: I'll keep I'll keep my opinions then.
1: Okay, that's fair. I th-
0: I think I think that if it does fill the like uh, supply problem, though, I definitely think that it's it's been at a point and is clearly maybe going to change with what you were saying earlier. But like if supply is really that bad, anything you can do to meet demand even a little bit better, you know, I think should be an action that GPU manufacturers are trying to take. Cause at this point it's like, I think, I think everyone's disappointed with how the GPU market is right now. So,
1: yeah. I mean, the uh, part of the reason the demand is so high is because I mean the pandemic and everyone starts working from home, um, whether it's school work or actual work, um, And so wanting to improve home setups and increase their abilities, whether or not it's for gaming. um, But, you know, there's there's snobby people
0: who are running Excel with no more than like even like 20 lines of fucking data in Excel. And they're like, I need a 3080 for this. Yeah, that's (laughs) me. probably (laughs) Probably not that bad, but like a lot of people are, especially if you're not super into computers, I think are. It's really easy to get hyped up on articles, you know, talking about stuff and then think that you need the latest and greatest. And it's like most of the time, honestly, it's like hey, you can deal with a pretty crappy. I'm still rocking a 1060 and can game pretty much everything I want to game still. You know, I probably wouldn't be able to do like new AAA A titles at 1080p at 60 FPS. But. There hasn't been a title I haven't been able to run. Also helps. I like indie games, which are obviously very low. Maybe I maybe I should not defend my 1060
1: <laughs> i i think the 1060 is still fair i think you can you can drop settings um and for sure get a playable frame rate of like well over 30 frames per second if not 60 frames per second dropping settings so i think you're still in the That's ballpark of, of having a, a a good gaming experience with that
0: yeah i think the every other generation upgrade probably makes the most sense and i would have definitely gotten the 3060 if i thought i would be able to get it for msrp but at the rate that it's going, I'm thinking a uh, 4060 sounding like maybe the next graphics. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm interested to see how long the 30 series sticks around. Uh, if just based on the amount of demand, if they don't even release a 4000 series and just try to continue filling the, the 30 series demand. Um,
0: yeah, what's the what's the turnaround normally for GPUs? You seems saying like about every two about? years. That's what I thought. So it's like it's already been a year fully since release, right? or close to so next year baby (laughs) at this point I'm almost wondering yeah next year I just you know rent an EC2 for a little bit get some bot action going on and just fucking subscribe to theman.com because I don't think I'm going to get a GPU any other way so don't subscribe to theman.com and don't go to theman.com because I don't know what's at that URL but I would not (laughs) I would not want to find out
1: It's just Big Brother's face.
0: Either way, more tech news.
1: So, yeah, so that was was positive news. Um, In more critical news, uh, Sony has been kind of shit in the bed lately. Um, How so, Maxwell? Well, let me tell you. Thanks. So, uh, Xbox got a lot of criticism initially, and I I don't know if I outwardly said this, but I definitely thought it, and they, they came out with smart delivery, and I was just like, that's... Like, who fucking cares? And well, essentially, Can you explain? Yeah, so they, they released the new gen of consoles, so the series consoles. So you have the Xbox One and the Xbox One X previously. There's also the One S, but that's basically an Xbox One. And then they, the new series is the Series S and the Series X is the next gen of GPU. And what smart delivery is, is saying whatever you play on, whether it's an Xbox One or an Xbox Series console, it is going to automatically know what version of the game you should be playing cuz a lot of games that are cross gen have versions for the old generation and the new generation with like I more see. features and stuff. And so it's basically whatever console you're playing on it just knows what version to to give you. And it's like, "Well, duh, like why is that that hard to do?" Like I don't yeah, understand why that that's a selling point. Been done. <laughs> um but PlayStation has continued to prove that apparently it's very difficult to do because PlayStation system fucking sucks the number of times i myself who claim to be decent at tech have downloaded the ps4 version of a game instead of a ps5 version or it's automatically downloaded both versions of the game taking up way more space than is necessary on my ps5 too many to count um and then to add insult to injury Ghost of tsushima they just announced new DLC for it. Um, they're they're calling it the director's cut. Um, so they're they're re-releasing the full game with the DLC, but you can also buy the DLC standalone. But here's where it gets funky: the PS5 version has different pricing. So we've seen this on some of the other PS5 PS4 titles where it's $60 for the PS4 version, $70 for the PS5. And we've had this discussion. Developers charging more money for games. Is it's about time. I mean it's been sixty dollars for 10 15 years at least, and yet we continue to get more and more and expect more from developers. So a ten dollar increase. Okay. We're both we're both we're both cool with that. We talked about enough. But here's the issue. So if you want to get the the PS5, so they're finally releasing some PS5 upgrades, which is like adaptive triggers, haptic feedback, and they're claiming 3D audio, even though the PS4 version has 3d audio just Um, for tsushima yeah. yeah and they're claiming 4k 60 frames per second target even though playing the ps4 version on the ps5 gives you 4k 60 frames per second so the only thing you're getting is adaptive triggers and haptic feedback oh and also a japanese uh actual face dub so i've been playing the game with the japanese dub but it's the american like motion capture So it doesn't match up and it's really weird. Um, So I'm actually very excited about that to have like, I want to listen to it in Japanese, but also see them speaking fucking Japanese. But to get that, you have to pay $10 extra, regardless of if you already own the PS4 version. So here's how the pricing works out. If you want the upgrades on just the base game, you, you own the PS4 version, but you want the PS5 upgrades, you have to pay $10. If you own the PS4 version and just want the PS4 DLC, you pay $20. If you own the PS4 version and want the PS5 DLC, you need to pay $30. But that makes sense. If you don't own the game, you pay $60 or $70. So people who bought Ghost of Tsushima, supported the game at launch for $60, now have to pay a total of $90 to get the same content someone... Oh the dlc is like bundled with it now is what you're saying yes essentially yeah okay now
0: that is not making sense
1: (laughs) now to be fair uh, games the game has been out i think for about a year now and so it's not uncommon for games to come out and be cheaper um like bundled editions but typically you're not paying that high a price to add the DLC if you already own the game. But the biggest issue with it, paying for DLC, whatever, is the fact that you're paying $10 extra to get the PS5 features, which we just went through, is essentially just adaptive triggers and haptic feedback. But even if it was all of the things that they're claiming they're giving you, Xbox and every other third-party developer is giving PS5 upgrades for free. Metro Exodus had an incredibly insane next-gen upgrade with ray tracing and 60 frames per second target and completely new global illumination, completely reworked the lighting in the game, and it looks incredible, plays incredible, fucking free. If you own the game, you get it. And guess what? If you play a game on PC, you can just change the sliders. I saw someone do a really great analogy where Sony is basically making you pay to go move the slider from high to ultra settings, is effectively what it is. You buy a game on a PC, And now you you swap out, you get a better graphics card, you instantly have access to more features, you get ray tracing, all this. But PlayStation is like, oh, you supported us at launch for this game, and you supported us by being an early adopter of the PS5, but screw you, you still have to pay for these couple of features. Um, It's just not a good look. Whether or not the the price may or may not be justified, whether or not Xbox is using predatory pricing to um, try and undercut PlayStation, like. We don't know how much money Microsoft is making from Game Pass and all these pro-consumer things. They might be taking a loss to try and gain back market share from Sony, Um, and Sony might be the reality of what it actually costs to produce a game. I I don't have enough data on that. I'm actually kind of curious. I want to find some data to see, on average, how many games a year someone bought when they were $60 a piece, um, and compare that to the price of Xbox Game Pass and kind of see if if consumers are spending less consumer. money, yeah. how is Xbox or Microsoft making money? Um, like, I'm not saying Game Pass is a bad deal. I think Game Pass is freaking incredible, but it blows my mind that they make money. Like, I just yeah. don't understand. <laughs> they're, they're essentially, effectively, probably charging less per person. Um, but it is possible that on average, people were buying one game a year at $60. And so they're actually making more money on that consumer by them subscribing to Xbox Game Pass. So, blah blah blah, long story short, PlayStation is just making things difficult if nothing else. Like the pricing scheme for this whole Ghost of Tsushima upgrades is just confusing for everyone. It took me a while to wrap my head around it. Um whether or not you agree with it, it's confusing. And the fact that the PS4 PS5 like figuring out which version you're downloading and buying is so difficult. Um yeah, just unfortunate. So,
0: if you get yeah. the ps5 version will you have the ps4 version automatically like if you pay the additional money for ps5 and i want to run it on the ps4 am i just sol do i have to
1: that's a good question that i don't know the answer for most of the time you're getting both versions of the game from what i've seen like i think me buying Watch Dogs legion it either automatically knows that I have the PS5, or I got both versions with it because I think I could go back and play it on the PS4. But I don't actually know. And if you are only getting the PS5 version, that's unplayable on the PS4 for some reason, that It'd would be ludicrous. Bold.
0: Yeah, I would be, I would be fuming at the at the fume hood.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> I, I hope, I hope that's not the case. I don't think that's the case. But if it is, yikes! And it's funny because. Sony and Xbox have kind of traded places every generation like PS 2 Sony absolutely dominated Xbox 360 absolutely dominated the PS3 PS4 absolutely dominated the Xbox one. And it's kind of seeming like Xbox is now kind of dominate, at least on the consumer friendly side of things. PlayStation obviously still has a lot of incredibly strong IPs and games that you can only play on the PlayStation, but they're losing a lot of consumer goodwill. Um, at the moment so
0: yeah uh, as since we as someone who does the pc thing i don't foresee myself ever buying an xbox for until they change essentially their entire structure and how they want to present the xbox and what market share they're trying to fill with it you know like if i can run it on my pc why would i not i'm a PC gamer <laughs> yeah no um,
1: i xbox is never going to care that you buy an xbox they care about the software and that's why they're moving to x cloud and trying to get x cloud cloud gaming for microsoft onto like a amazon fire stick to give to everyone to pop in their tv like
0: yeah so yeah i i still think that like i still plan on buying a ps5 at, at some point though i'm thank i have this suspicion i'm gonna wait till they get the you know ps5 slim or whatever they want to call it the the little revamp um but yeah no sony there's they, they, they they trip they fall <laughs> sometimes in yeah. really dumb ways it's like what are you doing
1: and i mean to be fair xbox tried to double the price of xbox live gold um and consumers oh, I forgot too. about that that was fucking hysterical, yeah yeah, they threw a hissy fit, and then to Microsoft's credit, they were like, "Oh, okay, JK LOL, um we take it back um so but the the problem I've seen is uh, PlayStation fans are pretty die hard, um I mean, myself included, like I can see objectively they're doing some bad things, but it, there's still a really soft spot in my heart for PlayStation, especially with last gen and how great they did um so to get as much of a rise out they're doing it much more subtly than the whole doubling the price of xbox live was um so i think it's going to be harder for consumers to be as upset about it because people are going to buy it regardless they think the games are that good i would probably still pay the price even though i'm pissed about it because i i want those things um place order and uh so I, it, it'll be interesting to see if they listen to this feedback and change course at some point. It's not too late. They can still fix things down the road. Um, but I think I think Xbox is gaining a lot. I mean, with Bethesda acquisition, bringing Starfield as an Xbox exclusive, a lot of people that were on the fence i think it are going to be if you already love playstation with playstation that nothing's going to change your mind myself included like i'm still going to love i'm going to buy games and their ip is
0: too it. strong in my opinion i mean yeah. uh, to me it's not even like the console i could care less about especially i still think the ps5 looks ugly as fuck in my eyes maybe the more you see it then you know maybe since you've been looking at it all the time it does look pretty good with the black plates on the, it. the
1: black the black plates were required They help a didn't? lot
0: yeah, yeah because it's pretty it's yeah it's the what the 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 router with the two pieces of paper on it yeah that that's accurate that's not just a meme that's just true yes (laughs) um but yeah the ip is just op with fucking playstation right now i can't even think of like ip that i really care about on microsoft um i mean like i care about halo but like i don't care about new gen halo games I haven't played it. Maybe I need to play them, you know? But, like, a lot of their IP that made Xbox, especially 360 Gen, seem so OP is, like, I feel like since 360 has fallen off. You're not going to say God of War fell off anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, they rebooted like last it. Of us. Like, they, yeah. they
1: thought God of War was dead, and it came back stronger than ever. If they can do something similar with Halo Infinite and, like, reboot the franchise and give it some new life with a new, deeper, better story maybe and they they have a lot of new ip we talked about last time at e3 27 of the 30 games they unveiled are coming to game pass day one and most of it is like xbox exclusive um and a lot of new ip but the problem is we just haven't seen those things yet we don't know if it's good um, yeah like it's exciting there's potential uh, but yeah playstation is a known good right now so playstation has a small window to turn things around before xbox starts really stealing some taking ground. the dub taking that dub but it doesn't matter at the end of the day i mean it it's it's great to have more options out there um to play it, it's interesting it, it's going to be a harder decision i think for gamers moving forward um because most people aren't going to be buying a gaming pc or xbox and a ps5 so it's going to be like which one do you get um, so
0: i i still just think after it, i would be hard pressed to get uh an xbox if i wasn't in the pc just, again just because there's just so uh, the ip i think is just the big thing like even if a company is being shit the fact that you know the games that they have as their you know ps exclusives it's just it's it's like literally people would not shut the fuck up maxwell and now i included about god of war you know and like last of us part two everyone's name name a microsoft ip that people have been going ham about it's like
1: the only, time, <laughs> the
0: only time i can think of like if uh availability is just really low you know and you're more of like a call of duty based gamer or something like that then yeah you know then i can see you going to a microsoft platform if you don't have a gaming pc but yeah essentially if you have a gaming pc then microsoft just you're just going to buy it for your PC. Yeah. <laughs> it would be goofy to not. What else you got, Maxwell?
1: That that's Lynch. about it. I mean, we're we're kind of going on long here with the the tech news. I think it's about time to start talking about some actual video games. Oh yeah, we'll also
0: talk about the um AI video next week for Forza Horizon 4, which I will be talking about this week or Forza Horizon 5 the forza series whatever Forza. the, the entire series.
1: forza series yeah I, I think it started in like forza maybe it was the first forza i'm not sure because it's in both motorsport and it's specifically the drivatar ai is, yeah. is what we'll be talking about but
0: but if you couldn't tell from my preceding information it's been busy for me so <laughs> um do so i have not watched the video also real quick um saw an article about dot uh, perks infamous eu player that has since moved to na he has like eye issues and the lcs refuses to turn down the lights on stage and it like like hurts his eyes or something I, I don't i don't know exactly what's happening but essentially it's like affecting his gameplay because his eyes are super sensitive and the lights on stage are super fucking bright and so he literally had to go and get a doctor's note in order to have them to to allow him to wear a baseball hat on stage so that he could block the light from out of his eyes wow Um, yeah and he was just like literally i go to an international event this isn't an issue i played an lec for however many years not an issue and he's like i go to lcs and it's an issue and then the lcs's excuse was like well we've just had this preset since 2012 you know they 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 set the settings for the game 2012 and then never looked at them again um and they were like we just thought it was a good enough model because no one ever said anything and i'm just like I mean, I kind of, I understand the logic. God but like, forbid if, you
1: have to reevaluate lighting nine years later. But if
0: he, if he fucking asked and you said no, it's like, this is like, first off, this is this dude's fucking career. Your lights are not going to change how, how many people are watching LCS. People are watching LCS or watching LCS pretty much no matter what,
1: you know? like Yeah. And they're not watching the fucking stage. They're watching the game. Like...
0: I know the only time I I like watching the cameras is when someone does something absolutely stupid. Like if a pro player makes one of the dumbest moves, because normally someone on one team will be laughing about it because of how dumb the fucking play was. And then the other person will like have slouched six inches down in their chair. You know, it's only the, the nose upstream <laughs> from there. Uh, it always kills me. But yeah, so either way, I thought that was surprising and ridiculous that it's like, It just sounds like elementary school have to get a doctor's note in order to do that. You know, it's like,
1: yeah, I mean, their their excuse of this is how we've always done it would explain why it was so bright. They're like, oh, we've just never had to change it before. But then we changed it. But the fact that he asked and they said, no, that's no longer. That's not an excuse. That's that's unrelated. I don't care how long it's been that way. He asked you to change it. You said no. Why did you say no?
0: Yeah, you have the capability. Yeah. And also as an org that's trying to make money, I mean, Perks is probably one of the most hype players in NA right now. Um, Just like his move was a huge deal because he's viewed as one of the best players in the LEC, And everyone loves seeing when people from different areas come to LCS to see uh, essentially how they perform because everyone shits on the LCS for being really bad. So then, you know, when people come over, they're like, we'll see how bad they actually are, you know, (laughs) or like at how good other regions are. Also in the same vein, very quickly, perks <laughs> tweeted something about essentially he was just like, "Uh, he's been having issues with mental because the toxicity has been so fucking bad and I was just like, you know, people talk about League being toxic and then they come to NA and they're surprised with how bad it is. <laughs> like you put EU's fucking finest in NA and even he is just like, this game fucking sucks. I've never seen a tweet from an EU player talking about how bad the toxicity is. And I love that, the you know, one comes over and they're just like, this is shit here. America. <laughs> so, yeah, NA, NA Mental is definitely a, it's definitely a thing. Well, it's not a thing because NA has no Mental. So. <laughs> NA is Mental. <laughs> That's true, baby. Um, I believe it's your week, though, to start. It is. And let me
1: tell you, we got some juicy matchups today.
0: I think we have juicy matchups for the rest of time.
1: Yeah, the rest of time. It's not. It ain't nothing but uh, hours and upwards. But this week, I have Horizon Zero Dawn and The Last of Us Part Two. So right,
0: both p- comment below what you think's gonna win, and if it's not the obvious one, then I'll be trolling.
1: Yeah. It, it, so both of these games, the story is the the prevailing factor for me. They are the things that I remember the most and care the most about in the game. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn still messes with my head in in an amazing way. I still can't believe, like just going back and thinking about the story and seeing discussions on Reddit about the story and what happened and how it happened is still so... Surreal and fun to think about. If you have not played Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm not going to spoil it right now. There may be Last of Us Part Two spoilers. I'll try and avoid any of the big ones, but just fair warning. But Horizon Zero Dawn, I'm not the to, to the Last of Us Part Two has so many twists and cool points that you can say a couple of them and you still would play the game and have a great time. Horizon Zero Dawn, there's like one huge reveal that kind of like is everything. So I'm not going to say what that is. Um what a great but reveal, though! It's so good, and even it has a couple of them. Like once the game hits its third act, it like the the reveals start coming left and right, and it starts.
0: It puts you on the gravy train, and the gravy is abundant on the gravy train. I mean, like by yeah, by the time you're at the end, you're just you're you're eating biscuits and gravy with a smile on your face the whole way through. It's like the whole way. The, the game's pacing, I think, definitely. It 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 knows how to close the game out very well and it does a great job at it.
1: Yeah, it so so that's fantastic. Last of Us Part 2, it slaps you quickly, it slaps you hard, and it don't stop slapping the entire game. Um And so what I think it'll come down to for me between these two games. So gameplay wise, Last of Us Part 2 is I mean, a technical masterpiece, especially for coming out on the PlayStation 4, like the animations of the characters, the the detail in the character models and in the world, they a a developer literally dedicated months to developing a blood pooling system that it's like it follows the grooves and the tiles and actually you bleed realistically. They completely redesigned one of their rendering engines to better portray eyeballs. To, to help give you that realism. Like, Last of Us Part Two is an absurd level of detail and animation and realism, and it's in a world that's supposed to be realistic and grounded in reality. It's nuts. The gameplay is brutal, um, and it is designed to bring you into the brutality of the entire game, and it does a phenomenal job of that. Horizon Zero Dawn, the gameplay, it's an open world, last of us part two with the exception of a couple areas is more or less a linear a large wide but linear story um horizon zero dawn open world so two kind of different genres they're going for there the combat in horizon zero dawn the different monsters and machines that you're fighting super cool varied the sound design is incredible um each of them having their own weaknesses and different um arrow types that you're using to to fight these machines is super great so i think gameplay wise they're on relatively equal footing i think they both do a pretty good job serving up the story um i would say the last of us part two is a closer match to the story but i don't know if it's more if i would say it's more fun than horizon zero dawn Um,
0: i would say 80d to me felt for sure way more fun i feel like last of us part two when you're playing through i mean it's not like i didn't enjoy the gameplay but it was very like you're so focused on the story and progressing through i'm not like sitting back being like man it's fun to pull out this bow and shoot the guy in the head you know it's (laughs) like it feels you're you're way more in the sauce and you know uh objective oriented with it where uh horizon zero dawn I mean you can you can like kind of fuck around and have a good time in those fights and kind of do some dumb stuff just to see what's going to happen. A little more just cuz 3 type gameplay. Not yeah, that extreme, you know, but you can definitely <laughs> sure. there, there there's there's more freedoms and liberties I think that you would take in that game.
1: Yeah, I I I think that's a good way to put it is just kind of the the, the free especially being in an open world, like there's a lot more random encounters that that you can have and, and observe. And it falls into some of those old open world tropes where you're like there's bandit camps and you're clearing those out and you're doing some of these side quests to kind of feel like they're filling time climate tower climate tower now their towers are cool their towers are moving they're moving dinosaurs but um, best
0: towers in recent memory in a game i can't even i don't even know what would come close to it honestly
1: for sure but but they exist Unfortunately, but I I don't I don't know how I would do it better. That's I was, that's what game designers were doing at the time. Um,
0: I think they changed it up enough too. I think I give I give pass on that one. Right? They at least tried to change up the standard from what had been going on. Even if it was literally just making the move, it was a creative way to do it. And also, those you know robot giraffes were huge.
1: Cool. Yeah, big big boys. <laughs> um, and then finally, pr- thing to talk about is set pieces. Uh we've talked about last of Us part two a lot. There's a particular scene that involves skyscrapers um that we talk about quite a bit and i mean I just every single set piece in that game for for in post apocalyptic world is so diverse and phenomenal and unique it's it's kind of hard to put into words. Horizon Zero Dawn at the time, now f- over 4 years ago, was I mean freaking beautiful. Uh, I mean for a PS4 game, I mean so many colors. Um it had a decent variety of biomes. Um it wasn't absolutely game changing, but the game was definitely stunning at the time. It was 2017 is when the game came out. So, I mean when you get to the desert area, you're at like the top
0: of this hill, right? and you're in this, like, small little city, I just can't think of another game where you look out over, it's this vast valley of desert, and you just feel like you can see for fucking miles and miles and miles. Like, that That was like, oh god, this game's gonna be crazy! <laughs> like, I was super hyped when I saw that. And
1: that, four years ago, four years doesn't sound like a lot of time, but that was a long time ago in gaming. Um, and so, that that was even more, kind of, mind-bendingly awesome at the time um but so, so that, that's it, the point i'm making with all this comparison is to say that i think both of them are fairly closely matched maybe trading blows here and there with a lot of aspects but the two most prevalent factors for me for these games is the story and so that's i think ultimately what it's going to come down to um now i think <laughs> Well, here's here's who's winning this week, and it's The Last of Us Part Two, and now I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> um, uh, Adam, shocker alert! Wii U, Wii U. <laughs> Adam, with you listening to this, I I know it's going to hurt you to your core because you you don't want to see Last of Us Part Two win win my entire matchup. Who knows? Maybe it will. Maybe it won't. Stay tuned. Um, but it Adam's is winning today's, today's matchup.
0: Adam's bought into it, man. He's he's saying TLOU two. I don't know if I did that. I think I did it right. You did. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah he's, he's got, he's got his hundred dollar uh, monopoly bill on that shit.
1: And he's yeah. ready to gamble. <laughs> well, we'll see. But uh, the, the stories, they both, we talked about, they, they slap you, but there, there's two things. Last of us part two does better. One is I think they slap you more consistently, which you would think would be a bad thing. You would think if they're constantly throwing these crazy things at you, that it would kind of get exhausting and maybe a little bit too much. But somehow they do it. It it doesn't feel unearned, like it doesn't feel like a slap for the sake of slapping. Um, and there's two huge slaps in the game, and I'm not going to say when they are, even even hint at when they might be to try and like spoil right what now. you're expecting. So, oh god. <laughs> um, but there's two especially big slappers, and they they hit harder than horizon zero dawn's slap i think horizon zero dawn slap is spectacular and i want to see so much more in that world and know more about it and what happened and, and other things like i am more invested i think in the lore and the story and the world of horizon than i am the world of the last of us but the individual characters in the last of us And how they did some of these twists and what they did with the game and did some things that I had never experienced before. Yeah, it's just mind-bending, mind-boggling. Fantastic. You get a game that comes out that is so widely praised and widely despised at the same time. As we keep saying, that is evidence of good art, good storytelling, fantastic so that's my
0: i think i think it's fair i think the big thing that is like the content matter of the story of D to me was really the like surprising and cool factor of it because i just feel like games don't normally talk about that um they just made it they made it feel very like uh Personal and, like, relevant to our current world and not necessarily yeah. just embedded in the fantasy world, right? It, it it felt like they were talking about much more concrete issues, not just, like, I don't know, we're walking the fucking Mordor and trying to drop this bitch-ass ring in a fire, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Spoil Lord of the Rings. Ring. <laughs> <laughs> in one sentence. Um, so, yeah, I think that was, like, in my opinion, that was the shining grace of 80D. I think, like, the gameplay... It did everything that like an open world game was doing better than I'd probably seen, other than face animations because those were fucking horse shock in <laughs> that game. But so bad, um, yeah. Um, you know, it didn't. I don't think it really like blew the mold out in any specific regard. It didn't. It had enough novelty and enough innovation, and enough excitement in the gameplay that like I just thought it was a good next step. It wasn't just an improvement like Fallout Three to Fallout Four or something like that. because um, like I've never fought robot dinosaurs in my life before that was hype that was a that was a fun little feature in the game you know it's nice seeing like novel enemy character types but yeah the story was definitely the i hope more games discuss it but i agree with you last of us part two is just that if you the more invested you get into those characters in the story the more that story is just going to smack you up because it is a very like interpersonal and very it just tries to rely on very like human innate emotions to pull the story through so the more you buy in the more you're gonna poop your pants violently at the end
1: (laughs) yes and allow yourself to be told the story that's all all we can say without spoiling anything is just don't have expectations just go into it and freaking love it because
0: it's the greatest game of all
1: time That
0: $100 Monopoly bill is going to go a long ways for Adam.
1: <laughs> hey, it's going up against either God of War or Skyrim. So.
0: Well, I can tell you which one I think it's going against. I can tell you which one it's beating. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I'll go. Unless you have more to say.
1: Nah, that's it. Last most part two for the W. I
0: actually. I'm going to. Keep mine relatively short because we've talked about Forza Horizon 4 like 18,000 fucking times in this bracket, and I do not feel the need or desire to boast about there's how there's not great... much to say about it. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about it so much. It's a and racing I've game. About, I've talked about Metroid Prime very recently, um, being probably one of my favorite Metroid games, other than maybe uh, Hollow Knight. You
1: know, it's a good one. <laughs> hey, which I did start playing again I was thinking
0: about picking up Ori. I was looking at five good Metroidvania games that tied you over until Metroid dread or whatever the you know mm. whatever the new one's coming out and they recommended both one and two, which I was surprised about because I've been I mean
1: specifically not recommended one <laughs> I'm sure one is good, but I mean two is just. It's two. Good. I mean, I haven't played one, so I can't. I've, I've watched gameplay from it though, and obviously, two added quite a bit. And a lot of the things I really liked about two were not in one, so that's why I said that.
0: Yeah. Um, but either way, great Metroidvania game came out on the GameCube. Ninety-seven out of one hundred on Metacritic. So I think at the time, it definitely slapped. It. it I mean, it it slapped. It didn't. It didn't have a lot of like there were there were a couple crazy like biomes or set pieces whatever you want to call them that i thought were super fucking cool and hadn't seen anything like it like you go down and you're it's like this entire like area has been flooded and it's almost like you're in it's similar to like the first spaceship that you go into the game but you're like underwater shooting these space pirates with jetpacks that are somehow jetpacking underwater because (laughs) physics doesn't matter in a video game so i i don't need to explain that you know um but yeah that scene is like it's super dark and eerie, and the music music in that game is fucking insane. I forgot what the um, composer was, but that is another like I wish he did more games because of how amazing he did in Metroid Prime. Um, hopefully, he has done more games. He's not Koji Kondo status, you know, but the soundtrack is an absolute slapper for me. Um, and yeah, they just do a good job of like it had you have like your general like laser beam that samus has but as you go through then you'll get like a fire beam ice beam and a plasma beam and they did a good job of like what you were kind of mentioning earlier where it's like certain enemies require certain types of attacks but it was in a way Mm -hmm. that it wasn't like it wasn't annoying you can switch between your beams really quickly i didn't mind shooting any of the beams like they all had kind of their own traits between like fire rate and damage um, and how they're interacting with things. And it just, it wasn't Doom. It just wasn't Doom. That's all I'm saying. It felt <laughs> it felt so much better than Doom. That's impossible.
1: Just,
0: man, when I, when I play Doom, I just want to be able to kill everything with the pistol. That's honestly, that's really it. If I can kill everything with the pistol easily, then
1: I'm okay. Easily? That, that's the game you want, is to be able to not, kill everything okay, e- easily not, with a pistol. Not,
0: okay, not easily. But I want to be able to, like, it's not like, they took, if guns were humans in that game. Certain enemies literally took the the human guns and clubbed them in the knees and then cut off their arms and then like, I don't know, gave them a lobotomy. I mean like it was just you're just nerfed to the ground if you're using the wrong gun in that game. That was that was painful. <laughs> we don't need to go in. This is too I much know. of a rattle. <laughs> um they also just had a it had a lot of like interesting lore. You can go through and switch like a scanning visor and so there's like all objects like enemy types you can read it it did like kind of the first time i saw like an enemy codec but then also um yeah just walking around and like learning about the civilization that lived there on the planet talon 4 before um and kind of what happened and like why they aren't around anymore right i mean you're walking around this crazy planet where everything's just attacking you and there's a lot of questions being involved while you're hunting down your homie ridley samus's best friend
1: sounds like dead space (laughs) um actually i am talking about dead space right now how did you know (laughs) i mean you're on this this like ship out in the middle of nowhere that's uh, all of these beings start attacking you and you're looking for survivors on the ship and trying to find your way out sounds pretty similar sounds dead spacey um and
0: yeah i think they just had enough they did enough with like the mechanics that they built in to you can turn into the morph ball as you can and like all Metroid Prime games, right? But you have, like, the boost and the Morph Ball, and then they do the classic, like, you got to learn how to do the jumps with the Morph Ball, where you, like, set a bomb, get an air, you set the second bomb, or something like that, right? I'm not going to try to remember exactly how to do it, but there's, like, a natural way to, like, hop yourself up with bombs so you can get to a different place in the Morph Ball, especially before you get the boosty boys on the Morph Ball. (laughs) So, yeah, I think the... It was just... It's a really good Metroidvania. I wouldn't say it's, like... I would guess modern Metroidvanias would probably smack it out of the water, but I played it pretty close to when it got released, and it was one of my first introductions to the Metroidvania archetype or platforming or whatever you want to call it, style, genre of game. And obviously, I really like Metroidvanias because I have two of them on my top eight. So, uh, yeah, it was just a great great addition. At the time, I think it was a really solid entry. Consequentially, I am going to pick Metroid Prime, I think. I feel like a dirty dog for knocking out forza but i
1: i metroid think that prime, was fair i metroid
0: prime is like my type of game forza horizon 4 was like me being like i want to play a maxwell game because we've been talking about car games and i haven't played them in forever and then i was like holy cow racing games actually can be so fucking fun and then i played the crew too and i'm like no forza horizon 4 can be so fun <laughs> yeah
1: not racing games only forza horizon yeah
0: um so yeah I mean definitely big shouts out to there's a reason Forza Horizon 4 is on my top 8 and I still it's some of the sims we played were fun but like as a as a casual racing gamer person you know I wouldn't want to I wouldn't buy one and play it on my own time I would only play it if I was like hanging out with you because it's interesting to like get the variance and challenge yeah but yeah Forza Horizon 5 I mean I am pl- planning on buying it like right away when it comes out and there's not many games that I plan on buying right away when it comes out but forza horizon 4 is just fucking amazing (laughs) but yeah i think metroid prime has to take the the wlb i've beaten the game at least three times and every time i play it i'm like wow this game is a lot of fucking fun
1: (laughs) i think that's fair i i think that's true to you and i think forza horizon 4 as a racing game which is not your cup of tea making it as far as it did is speaks volumes so
0: yeah i definitely don't want to knock there's a reason we talk about that game so much and I think it is it is a standout piece in the racing series from what I played um and watched from other I mean F Zero G X is also a standout piece. It's just old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm kinda of tired of having old games on this. I'm not gonna lie. My uh I've been working on cutting down the nostalgia. Um I'm and I'm c- proud of you for it. I know. I think I gotta be a little more realistic about what what's go what's goaded and what's not i'm also just trying to play more single player games which helps it's nice playing modern titles and seeing how things have actually changed instead of just playing league of legends
1: i know but i mean to be fair like i definitely i put a lot more bias in like gameplay which means that newer games are just going to be better than older games especially if i didn't play them like when they came out and have that memory of what it was like at the time. I can only judge it based on today In older games. They just, they suffer as a result. So we get both sides here in the house of juice. That's true. I've, I've been thinking a lot about what's going to take the WLB
0: and my dub nation catalog. And I think for, especially early on in the bracket, I think I really wanted to try to determine critically what is goaded, you know, or like what i think should be goaded but the later that we're getting in it i'm really now just thinking about like what did i have the most fun with even if it was not a goaded level game critically because it's like that's pretty much the point of this bracket and also like the point of playing games is to have fun yeah or sob violently if you play the last
1: of us part two um <laughs> i mean that that's why we also or at least why i wanted to do the top eight shuffle and kind of give us an opportunity to be like okay we've had a lot of time to reflect on how we're deciding these games coming up and so with the top eight let's make sure let's reassess see where we're at so yeah i think i think we're in a good spot now of kind of determining this is for us same
0: yeah i feel good I've actually, I, I've been, yeah, I've been struggling to figure out what's going to, what's going to take the Wubbie. I also was not lying when I said, I think I said last week, every decision I make on this fucking podcast at this point, I regret like almost immediately, you know, I'm like going to bed that night. And I'm just like, why did I do that? It was so dumb.
1: Yeah. Oliver hasn't been busy at all. He's just been awake at Shit. night thinking about which game is going to win and why he didn't choose a different game than last week.
0: Yeah, I think I know what's gonna win at this point.
1: Let us know in the I comments pretty- what you think Oliver's number one game is gonna be. Um and I feel we'll pretty let good you know how it. wrong you are.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm going for I'm going for spicy takes only. Gotta keep it interesting. So But man, I got some bangers in my top eight. <laughs>
1: That's how Obviously. it should be. That's how we know we made the right decisions. It's yeah. because the decisions are terrible now, so. Yeah, it, it does suck.
0: But either way, yeah, so Metroid Prime moves on. Last of Us Part 2 wins the brick. <laughs> I love how the conversation has changed from day one to God of War is clearly just going to absolutely mop everything up to now now the new, the new high bar is the T-L-O-U-2. T-L-U-2. Oh, hey, Nato. Yeah, Nato is there. Yep, there. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah we'll see which means that the last of us part two versus god of war um or skyrim will be a great matchup.
0: <laughs> it's it's versus god of war i'm calling it now
1: <laughs> you go ahead and call it we'll see what happens
0: i feel bad calling it an episode but since we're, we're we're preceding then yeah i'm putting my i'm putting my 100 monopoly bill on geo dubs walking away with that i mean skyrim was great but I guess I'm 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 biased because I played Oblivion and I felt like after playing so much Oblivion, Skyrim was just like it was wasn't a straight up like Fallout Three to Fallout Four effect, but the stuff that they added I wasn't like crying about either. You know I wasn't like oh this is insane. Like there was lots of things that Oblivion did that I liked equally if not more. It's just nice to have way better fucking graphics and better gameplay because it's way newer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> dumb Elder yeah. Scrolls 6 man come out baby but yeah that's uh that's that's all we got as always follow us on instagram uh to to get notified when podcasts might actually be going up uh hit the notification bell on youtube because when we go live is random uh so if you want to be you can live chat with us we've had people hop in before we have chats discussions let us know what you guys think leave comments instagram youtube all that kind of stuff about how wrong we are we'll let you know how wrong you are (laughs) and that's all we got. So, Josie!
0: And that will do it for this week's episode of the Mo Video Games Podcast. I might have been being a little facetious when uh, I said that Forza Horizon 4 was absolutely goaded and no other games matter as Forza didn't even move on. But t uh, Tlu 2 and Metroid Prime, I think two games that represent us very much as individual gamers and also as a collective unit of gaming, which means nothing but... I just thought it sounded nice, and that's why I put it in this. So I hope you guys have a great week, and thank you so much for listening, and call your mom and tell her you love her. Juicy.